Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show on the internet where myself, Dan Selke of WinnerIsComing.net and Mia Johnson of JoeShadowTheForest.com talk about all things fantasy, sci-fi, books, movies, television, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Marvel, superheroes, whatever is uh, popping in the nerdosphere lately. Mia, how are you on this Wednesday, February the 3rd? pretty good i had to rush back from target because this um star wars book just came out they're like putting them out like every day now it feels yeah and of course the shelf was empty it looked like they may have had room for like five books <laughs> and there was nothing there so i was like oh great um but either way i'm feeling good i got some fresh air you know shake myself yeah, out so i'm it's always happy. good how about you i mean it's so cold now that i can't even like ride my bike for fresh but air not anymore today today is like an anomaly wait seriously <laughs> Yeah, I, the last warm? time I checked, it was like, thir- right now it's 30, but the sun was out and shining, and then it's like after this, it's just, it's all back downhill again. <laughs> Crap. Well, okay, we'll see if we do anything after work. We'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, Mia, um, we're here as always to report and analyze and discuss the news of the day, and we have some good stuff, start with some Game of Thrones stuff. If any of you out there are watching, I see y'all in the corner there, feel free to comment, um, query us. You know, ask questions, give comments, we'll respond to you. And if you would rather just listen to us uh, at a remove, we are available in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. Okay, first up, Mia. We are, you know, it's been a good um, couple of weeks for Game of Thrones news. We seem to be getting a lot of it. I guess things are just ramping up. Yeah. Um, this most recent one came from a Spanish language website called Los Rellenos that are that, that were friendly with them. And they were doing that old-fashioned um, blogger thing where they like were looking through the resumes of people who are involved wow. with Game of Thrones. I mean, you know, like the professional CVs. Yeah. And they found that Ramin Jawadi, um, who was the composer of Game of Thrones, you know, some pretty iconic tunes there, da 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 da, and a lot of other great great songs. Um, they just came upon his CV. They found that he is completely working on House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequel. And then it was so unassailably true that HBO confirmed it. (laughs) Yay! Oh my god. I love when that happens. So awesome. Yeah. He's wonderful, right? I mean, even if people didn't like the final two seasons, people pretty much agreed that his stuff was almost uniformly excellent. I thought he did something else that I like heard it and I was like, oh, this is really awesome. He did Westworld. Like, oh, that was right, right, right. Yeah. I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, that theme. And you're a fan of Westworld. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I love him all around. <laughs> yeah, he does those remixes. The Game of Thrones soundtrack is, is pretty iconic. And hello, Longling. Hey, King K. Good to see you. Good to see you there. Um, yeah, I'm definitely happy that he's involved. Um, that is a feather in the cap. That is something that I think almost needs to happen. Like, if they really want it to be a successor show, they've got to have mm-hmm. some continuity. 
They have Miguel Sapochnik, a showrunner. He's a great Game of Thrones director. Battle of the Bastards wins a winner. And to have Raman Jawadi there making some more kind of those like sweeping Baroque sounding tunes yeah. that fit Game of Thrones like a glove um, would <laughs> be very at home in this story. So that's good oh, news. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's kind of like having John Williams like coming back to back for all the Star Wars movies or at least the majority of But um, yeah, to me, it's like you've got that iconic sound and you, you know, just to have it carry out throughout all the other shows is like, you know, why not? <laughs> But of course, he can't be on for all of them because they are making far too many. Like, literally, after our show last week wrapped, like, not minutes, um, we heard that... Wait, I'm sorry. It didn't even happen. <laughs> um, we heard that HBO's making a Dunkin' Egg show. We heard HBO's making a Robert's Rebellion show. Like, after we signed off... There was also a report from the Hollywood Reporter, I think, so somewhere, you know, legit, saying that they're also considering an animated Game of Thrones show. Yeah. Which is going to be similar in tone um, to the main show. So a drama, not like Game of Thrones animated for kids or anything. It's going to be like an adult <laughs> animated show. Um, that is not it, by the way. That is a uh, Game of Thrones anime trailer put together by a YouTuber named... Um, Malek, but it's fun looking, so I thought I'd throw it up there. Maybe it'll look <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, what do you think, Mia? Game of Thrones animated show. Is the world ready for that? Oh, did they say animated or anime? Animated. No, animated. I okay. doubt it's I mean it could be anime. I, don't I feel know. like if it was anime, they would they would clarify that. But I think that's pretty cool. We've gone more than two or three decades now where you have adult cartoons and you know, I'm oh, yeah. obviously a f from South Park to Simpsons Family Guy, BoJack Horse, all those things. Rick, Rick and Morty. And Morty so, and um, it's kind of weird, though, because most of those are comedies. I can't really think of one that is like a drama, per se. Not to say it probably doesn't exist outside of anime. But yeah, it'll be kind of weird to <laughs> be like, I'm watching an adult cartoon, but they're not going to crack any jokes. They, you know, like some humor here and there. But it's going to be all serious, probably really bloody <laughs> and gory. Probably. So, I mean, there's more Americans getting into that. Like, what was that like Blood of Zeus show on Netflix where it's like an American made anime almost? That's happening more and more often. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I don't have a problem with the idea of adult animation being serious. I mean, like you said, like, I think we're all used to that. Like, back when I was a kid, <laughs> it was thought of as like a kid's thing animation. But that's it's I think we're long yeah. past that. Um, I wonder if it's needed, period, because, um, you know, so many shows, so many programs. I said last week, they're trying to make it basically a Game of Thrones cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they, they're going for it, man. I mean, th that's potentially four shows, none of which, by the way, the other prequels, they're not like officially green lit. These yeah. are all things that have reported are in development. They, maybe we were never meant to find out about them because they're never going to happen. But also, I think at least some of them are coming because HBO yeah. wants this, needs this really to fight <laughs> Disney and Netflix with. Oh, yeah. We talked about that last week. Even the um, the Star Trek cartoon, even that one's got a little oh, humor to right. it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Lower Decks. Uh, yeah. It was cute. Yeah, lo okay. Right. Lower Decks. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm sure you can pull it off. I was even thinking about like Samurai Jack, but still even that is like semi-anime. So, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to separate. Oh, right. The two, you know, like, 
it's a cartoon, but it's not comedy. It's drama, but it's not anime. So I'm going to be well, thinking I mean, about that. If we're talking about like adult animation, anime is such a reason we're even thinking of animation as adults that it's kind of hard to separate. It makes sense to me that a lot of like the adult animation made by Americans kind of resemble anime because mm-hmm. anime was what kind of showed people, oh, cartoons can do that. Like Akira yeah. back in the day or whatever, oh, or like yeah, the 90s yeah. stuff. But um, I'd be cool with it. I think it'd be interesting. Maybe it could be a trailblazer in making like a non-anime inspired adult animated drama yeah. by someone not in Japan would be sort of original. Oh, yeah. Which okay. I'd be fine with. <laughs> HBO's all over that, I'm Ooh, sure. A good qu- <laughs> I mean, I hope so. As uh, Longling asks, I love this question, how you see so many GOT shows in the context of no one cares about GOT anymore narrative exists in social media? That's a good question because mm-hmm. that narrative, the fact that that narrative exists at all um, is kind of like defeats itself because like <laughs> a lot of you sure are talking about how no one talks about Game of Thrones anymore, <laughs> but I mean, do you know what you're doing right now? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the discourse. I know all about the Star Wars discourse on social media. I don't know that much about the Game of Thrones discourse. But yeah, it is kind of like, well, why keep talking about it? Why keep fueling the fire if it's over, if it's done? Um, and if, you know, it's not on your mind anymore. If it's on your mind anymore, just you know, just go and be. Yeah, but- let it go, people. <laughs> I mean, you know, this this spinoff will be a test of whether it it, it, it hits anymore. We'll see. Um, But clearly HBO wants it. I think there's still pretty clearly an audience for it, but we'll see. Um, Outside of the shows, which are coming uh, fast and furious, uh, we also got an update, a small update, you know, as we always get, on um, The Winds of Winter by one Mr. George R.R. Martin, the author of the Song of Ice. There he is. The author of the Song of Ice and Fire books, bearded, vested, with a motorcycle hat. Is that what he wears? He always wears that thing. Um, a motorcycle hat? I don't know what to call it. Commenters, yeah. what do you call that? <laughs> Help us with the hat terminology. Because it's definitely a consistent it, hat. It's not a anyway. newsboy cap, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Anyway, you know, same old story. He's been writing The Winds of Winter for literally a decade now. You know, there was a time people were really excited it might come out. He... By his own admission, just misses deadlines, and he gave a rare update, which we need more and more rare, because um, he, there was a line in there about, like, I don't want to set a date, because whenever I do, assholes on the internet always take it as a promise, and then crucify me when I don't hit it. I'm not going to yeah. do that. You can tell he's a little frustrated. Anyway, he basically said that um, 2020 was a great year for it. He wrote hundreds of pages of the winds of winter in 2020, the best year I've had on WoW since I began it. Um, maybe it was the isolation, maybe it's just on a roll. I still have hundreds of more pages to write to bring the novel to a satisfactory conclusion. That's what 2021 is for, I hope. Um, so, you know, whenever we do these, it's always kind of the same thing. Like, he's still doing it. It's coming along. That's basically the end. (laughs) Yeah, that's the news. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that he wrote a lot in 2020, which makes sense to me because the like, my impression has always been that he's the kind of guy who, and I don't really relate to this, who just, like, has to be in a headspace to write. And if he is distracted at all, say, by a hugely popular television show based on his uh, work, <laughs> he just doesn't get a lot done. 
Yeah. Are you like that at all? Can you just like write wherever and just drop into it? Or do you have to like set the mood and light the candles and get on the writing outfit? Um, it to me, it's kind of like it's like exercise. It's like you for some reason you love doing it or you know you need to do it, but it's like, oh, I don't want to right now. I was like, no, you have to. So to me, it sounds like he's a person <laughs> who. It's like about the discipline and the willpower. <laughs> and that's like one of those New Year's resolution things like, oh, I need to, mm-hmm. you know, be better about writing at this time or exercising at this time or for this amount of time. Um, you've got a point. Yeah, maybe he's a little bit distracted or stressed out. You know, HBO was trying to pull deals left and right with all of his other work. Um, so I can see that are. distracting him as well. Um but yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know his personal life. I don't know what's going on in that brain him. of his. But <laughs> it all comes down to, to discipline, I think. Hey, Jen. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, look, he wrote a bunch in 2020. Still writing some more. Maybe out this year. Maybe it won't. I, I feel like we just repeat the same thing over and yeah. over in this session. But we have to mention it because I know it is a highly well. Do you do you book. like? Do you like the um, the updates when he does have them? Like, even if it is just, hey, I, I did some writing, or do you just kind of want, like, a bigger announcement, even if it takes a longer amount of time for him to come out and say something? I like the updates. Um, I mean, he, he is right, though. Whenever we post about it, there's invariably people who just kind of get back at us with just, like, why is he writing this, not writing the book? And like, just kind of being shady about it. Just, and again, like when you get piled on, like all you see is the bad stuff. Like, even if there are folks who are supportive, that's all that happens. So I, I get it. Um, I don't really think of it as enjoyment. I think of it as a duty and just um, part of the daily grind, but we'll see what happens when it happens. Good for that. Good for it. Yeah. Yay. All right. Um, uh, hello, everybody. All right, so that's all the Game of Thrones news we got. Good signs. Ramen Jawadi is definitely a good thing to be on board. Any, Frankly, any show, but especially a Game of Thrones show. <laughs> yeah. um, I would watch a Game of Thrones animated series. S- someone in the comments talked about um, Danny better have her purple eyes and her bald head, which I wonder, I wonder if you could like, there has been, I mean, like talk among fans, but like, what if they just remade the normal story, but animated you have form? To f- you have to fill me in on the bald head part. <laughs> Remember when Danny like uh, goes into the fire and births the dragons at the very beginning of the series? Like in the books, the fire burns off her clothes and her hair. Her hair's gone. Just gets singed off. Oh wow! Oh yeah, wow, she's wow, bald wow. for for a big part of the story. And then again, <laughs> when she goes into the fire in the Dothraki hut, just like wow. her, her clothes burn away. But yeah, her hair burns off too. So they didn't go with that for I think obvious reasons. Um, but maybe they will. I don't know. If they did. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to picture it? (laughs) Yeah, all right, all right. I'm I'm over it. (laughs) Would you be, like, what if they were going to just redo the whole story, but in animated form, and re-put back in all the stuff cut from the books, and kind of had, like, a a, uh, another swing at it? Does that sound appealing to you, or... Because, I mean, we have no idea what the the animated show is about, by the way. All we know is that it's an animated Mm -hmm. drama. Like, I have yeah. no idea what it is. It could be the same thing. could be totally different. I almost feel like that would be a fan's dream is to see, like, some of the other. And I don't know how, you know, like, one-to-one it is between the book and the series. Um, but, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, to see those actual scenes and not have them have, like, a magic Hollywood touch on them or something. But to be precisely the way it was written, 
you know, it's always nice to the readers because they're like, oh, this was finally translated on screen and I finally get to see it be that way. I get to see purple eyes and a bald head. <laughs> <laughs> Just fun FYI, they did try the purple eyes on the show, but apparently the contacts hurt too much. And, like making their eyes water and cry. So they're like, no, no, lose them. Lose purple eyes. Yeah. No, I get that. I feel that. I don't. I hate wearing contacts so much. That's why I, I always wear glasses, so... I recommend the laser surgery. I got that. I've loved it. I was literally thinking about that today. I don't know why. You you should do it. Oh, my God. And (laughs) when I got it, it was like early days. Like now, they probably just like seat you down, shine one thing in your eye, and you're done. (laughs) Well, you try it out. Okay. So there are other Game of Thrones. uh, There are other non-Game of Thrones things happening in the world. King K says needs to follow the books, which, which I mean... The show did. Like, I'll tell you, like, Game of Thrones, the show, is closer in adaptation than a lot of adaptations are. Um, still got away toward the end because it overtook it. <laughs> yeah. But it is p- more faithful than a lot of things I could think about. Um, but, yeah, we'll see if there are any more announcements on that front. Okay. Other non-Game of Thrones news. Um, HBO is making a new program called the nevers which i've been interested in for a while for a few mm-hmm. reasons um a i mean it just it it does sound a little fun it's uh women in victorian london with superpowers who are going to use them to fight the patriarchy basically it's more or less the plot of it um which sounds interesting it's a big splashy fantasy laying on like special effects kind of a like fantasy show big cast very big cast with some good actors in it and it comes from uh joss whedon the creator of buffy the vampire slayer firefly the first event first two avengers movies and recent um scandal prone gentleman who has since exited the show under mysterious-ish circumstances um and but but they're going ahead with it they have a new showrunner they're gonna do it and i thought we'd watch the trailer for a tick yeah. and see and what we think because well we'll just play it and we'll see what we think yeah let's run go. it it came three years ago a power that mocks god Those afflicted. Untouched. Mrs. True? Mr. Dare? Being touched is not a defect of character. This war, the cops, the purists. There's no shortage of people who hate us. Mrs. True and I, we've come to help with that. We don't want more violence. Okay, Mia, just first immediate reaction. Would you watch that? Yeah, I have to give this a yes. <laughs> no, me too. I mean, it's colorful. Yeah. It's bold. There's like some witticisms. There's some ass kicking. Like it just, it does look fun. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie and say that it looks horrible right at the bat, which I'm not surprised by. The thing with Joss Whedon is that like he, there's been so much discourse about him of late, but at the end of the day, like he was known for making sort of like fun fast moving quippy 
shows that were easy to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's a bad thing. Um, I like that it's original, too. It's not like, you know, it's not based off anything. It's an original idea. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of these, like, steampunk vibe, but also magic powers. But also there's, like, a weird uh, custom-made three-wheeled car in there that was zooming through London streets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, there are people who are trying to suppress these, basically X-Men women. That's back what in... I was, yeah. It's got a very <laughs> X-Men vibe, totally, yeah. <laughs> I think that's very, what like, kind X-Men of... Very like X-Men in Victorian times. Yeah, that's kind of what sold me over. And for some reason, I don't know why, but a lot of the stuff that I watch, maybe it's just a sign of the times to end up being like Victorian England, so... Hmm. Uh, they used to do a lot of that stuff recently with Doctor Who, Anola Holmes. Well, yeah. Um... Any kind of Sherlock Holmes stuff, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I find myself watching a lot of stuff during this period. So it it just kind of seems natural that I would kind of take a peek and see what this is about anyway. Um, and yeah, then it's just kind mm-hmm. of like, but what if these people had like mutant type superpowers, which I was like, I wasn't even expecting. I know you probably you told me about this before, yeah. but it just <laughs> I was a blank slate watching this. I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I mean that—that's Whedon. He likes he—that's—he's been successful in the kind of nerd space until he wasn't. Yeah. He, he likes superpower crap, and that's very in right now, if you've noticed. But um, as I think Jen says, yes, yeah, I would. Colorful, bold, original, um, fun. You can write. Although the other bit of it is, it, it is like the weird meta narrative of Joss Whedon left the show for exhaustion. And basically, it's hard to make the show during pandemic conditions, which, okay, fair enough. 2020 yeah. was rough. Um, there are questions of whether that's a that's true or whether it's a cover for Warner Bros. Politely parting ways with him over whatever happened with the Ray Fish situation yeah. in the Justice League movie. He stepped in to direct with Zack Snyder, couldn't. Um, yeah. I mean, that story, the... Uh, Headline is always, we don't know what happened. So I can't say for sure if anything there relates. Mm, yeah. When stuff happens like that and it's so close, you know, to one another, it's really like even your most clever cover up isn't even a cover up. Like, God, I'm thinking about like the Army Hammer stuff, all that weird stuff that's oh, happened. Yeah. And he's just been getting dropped left and right. So. It's like you really, you can't hide these things. Um, but yeah, the whole thing about Joss Whedon, I think, and it, it's it's still really kind of is a conundrum in my brain because it's like, well, you know, maybe he had a huge influence on this project. But, you know, there's other actors who in this show, I don't think I saw any like big names. Um, like Nick Frost the- from Shaun of the Dead was like, okay, that. Okay. I remember a meal. Ugh, I can't remember her name. There's a, a actually I liked from Do- the show Dollhouse that's in there, but I remember. Okay, so but pictures. yeah, so it's kind of like you know, this is a big um show that's coming up. So these actors are getting a chance to kind of be a part mm-hmm. of something really big, and it's gonna have a big audience and all the other people who are behind it. So that's why it's like I try not to put when it comes to these things like too much scorn into the creator and because you know it's just one person out of you know a hundred people who had to do this oh, whole yeah. thing like, i mean yeah it's storyboard people it's, yeah yeah the catering <laughs> you know there's like, a lot of people who made this happen <laughs> like especially a show of this scale where it's like yeah. you know big special effects set piece 
um, uh, uh, period piece superhero show. It takes a lot of folk to put anything like that. It's not like it's a two-hander yeah. of two characters in a room talking. This is like a big production, which means a ton of workers, which is fine. So, yeah, I will watch this. I think it's coming in April. No release date yet. And by the way, thank you for reminding me that it was Arnie Hammer. I was writing about um Charlie Hunnam. Hunnaman? Oh, Hunnam? Hun- whatever. Yeah. Hummus. <laughs> earlier this week. And I was like, wait, wasn't he the one who like had weird sex texts or something? And I couldn't figure out why that was coming up. I'm like, no, it was Arnie Hammer. He had. Oh, you're probably thinking text. about okay. him though, because of Fifty Shades of Gray. <laughs> so it's like was fiction and reality. Yeah, but not a Charlie, right? Yeah, no. No, oh, you know what? I think was, he was. Um, that's a third guy. Yeah, I that's think Charlie was. Jamie he was a Dornan. Dornan. <laughs> These are three totally separate yeah. men. Yeah, I think Charlie Hunnam was supposed to be. Um, who was it mr gray or whatever you call him or he was like in the running i heard that a long time christian gray and then it ended up being not him so now my fiction reality is (laughs) life is so strange these days i mean there's three separate actors we're getting confused there are four different chris's roaming hollywood (laughs) just dominating things i don't know why they're also okay whatever that's another problem for another day um, we also had some news I think you want to talk about. What was the latest news out of the Disney camp? How are they yeah. going to combat all these <laughs> combat all these Game of Thrones series <laughs> and Joss Whedon produced Victorian dramas? Well, you got like to fight fire with fire and you got to just front load it with more, more, more. So um, this week or, you know, at some point, <laughs> Disney yeah. announced that Ryan Coogler, who's the director of Black Panther and Black mm-hmm. Panther 2 coming out, is going to be um, directing a show based in Wakanda, which is like, you know, the fictional right. world where Black Panther is from. And, you know, it's really cool. And he's got like a um, a new five-year deal with Disney between him and his like production studio. Um, so I think part of that is producing the Wakanda show. Right. And then it's um, like Hollywood Reporter here says he has a he's going to have a hand in some other Marvel shows as well. So <laughs> it's like, holy cow, other Marvel shows. I'm like already so overwhelmed with, you know, the the gosh, just the huge amount of shows that they have planned already. But I do like this idea. I can't say I don't like sure. it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 completely. I mean. It is odd. I mean, I guess it's not odd because right now, I mean, how long ago did Chadwick Boseman pass? Was it? Um, um, it's been a couple of months now since I think late August or early September. Something around there, and like he yeah. was the Black Panther pan, uh, franchise, or at least the face of it. But it, it just yeah. shows you how quickly these franchises grow when Marvel is managing them, because they always are thinking so far ahead and have so many plans. That there were there were already so many supporting characters you could use in like a television show, even if he's not around. Like Shuri, you had Angela Bassett's character, the mother. You could have yeah. um, Lupita Nyong'o's character in there. And you know what? When I last year, I think this was really early in the pandemic, and I had interviewed Winston Duke, who plays Mbaku. <laughs> and everybody asked this question when they talked to someone who's like a part of the Disney circle. And I was like, "What if you had an Mbaku spinoff?" And he's like, "Oh, I'd love that." Um, only so it can only will... happen if you're talking about <laughs> Disney. Yeah, I will gladly send my um address to Kevin Feige so he can cut me my check for that idea. It was me first. 
Kevin Feige, uh, I guarantee you, did not need your input to think of <laughs> what if we spun off every single one of our characters into a show of their own. No, don't tell he me. He had that idea don't. a long time ago. Dang it! Well, I've got some leverage on Kevin Feige because I've seen some Marvel um, WandaVision leaks, but I won't talk about that right now. <laughs> oh, I saw that on Twitter. You were saying that, by the way. I almost wanted to ask because it does sound juicy, but I but I don't want to know. Obviously, yeah, let's talk about yeah, WandaVision yeah. for a second because yeah. obviously we're both watching that um, over on the Disney Plus. Although before we do, I do want to say to Jen, you're saying that you're watching Warrior on HBO Max and Hooked based on the writings of Bruce Lee. That sounds pretty cool. Um, I haven't actually heard of that. Warrior on HBO Max. Is that an original show? Or is there something they have? Because it sounds like something I would watch. Um, I started watching uh, The Lady in the Dale, which is a documentary series on HBO Max about... I, I'd never heard the story before. A trans woman who in the 70s had a huge role in kind of marketing this revolutionary three-wheeled car and was living as a woman but i think her life blows up when they find out her past as both you know a man and a criminal she had a criminal life for a while she had like a wife and five children and uh pretty interesting stuff i've not heard the story before but um so far i'm very interested to find out how that documentary turns out because I never heard of the three-wheeled car either. I don't think it really goes anywhere, obviously. So that's the ending. <laughs> right, yeah. But that shows why that show's pretty interesting. And, of course, we're both watching The Division over on yeah. the Disney+. Plus. And I think the last episode was the one where we finally found out what was up. Yes, that was really exciting. Because um, we didn't cool. get to talk yeah. about episode three, which was kind of like the 70s one. And um, she was like going through her birthing thing and pregnancy. Uh, But they did, they kind of dropped that hint of like, you saw Monica Rambeau. uh, Do we even know that was her name yet? I don't think so. But you know, she was like ejected from the Wanda world or Westview or whatever. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Wanda world. World. (laughs) And then in this last episode that just came out, it was like a pretty huge, you know, Answer, it gave you some really huge answers to the questions you had, but also mm-hmm. like still left me wondering, like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen next? It was, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I felt like it was time, right, to like give us some yeah. context to pull the curtain back on some of this stuff. Because obviously, we can't go on thinking that she's literally living in a sitcom forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, something is going on. What is it? It, it, it? it was the right time to pull back and say, yeah, everyone else thinks it's weird too. And they're trying to figure yeah. out what is happening in this town that Wanda has apparently taken over. Very like children of the corn, like Twilight Zone style. Um, yeah. And that she is just this like creepy force that's making people act differently. But she's has uh, some kind of justification for it, I'm sure. So, right. like, you've read the leaks. So I'm not going to ask about that. But, like, do we think it's just the obvious thing? She's traumatized by, you know, the death of Vision. By Was she snapped away, by the way? I think she Wanda? was. Yeah, she was. Yeah, Vision was like dead, and then I think in Infinity War dead. she was like holding him, and then you just you saw her. Speaking of dead Vision, yeah. God, 
<laughs> that's good. That was nice. I love these that little horror moments they the had in there. Yeah, that got the heck out. Everyone I talked to, they were like, thanks. I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I hate it. Uh, but yeah, so the leaks actually that I saw weren't oh. really any like revealing things like that. So I still don't know the whole mystery um, about what's going on. But I, I think, yeah, we're all kind of on the right path here about that. Um, and yeah, it's really just kind of like we have to just wait and see what happens or if they're able to kind of successfully get to her because they tried to do that. We saw uh, Randall Park's character, Jimmy, try to contact her through the right. radio and be like, oh, that was him doing that. And, yeah. you know, she kind of got it, but she went back to her fantasy and then they had the guy in the hazmat suit and then he turned into the beekeeper. <laughs> And I was like, wow, yeah, what a, a weird thing to happen. And then they explained the helicopter. So, yeah, there's some really great payoffs, and I, but still no huge answers that we still have, like, what, four or five more episodes to go. I think five. Yeah, because there's nine in total. As Christian asked, I think, I, think I, I have a theory about this. Are the people trapped or trying to help her? Um, like the, uh, the, 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 like the other townsfolk, Catherine yeah. Hahn, people like that. Okay, I think neither. Um, okay. Remember the scene at the first, the, the episode opened with right after everyone was brought back and everyone was all traumatized and sort of like, what's going on? What's happening? Okay. Mm-hmm. My current working theory is that Wanda came back after five years of being, you know, in the nothing space or whatever you go when you get snapped. Um, sees vision is dead, has a mental breakdown of some kind and decides to live in a sitcom. Why not? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say I think the other townsfolk are folk who are also snapped back and are Mm. having a lot of problems dealing with just the world. Like, we missed five years of things. Like, Monica's mother died. We saw that. Like, Mm -hmm. that would create some mass, like, worldwide trauma, right? I think they are willing participants in the sitcom verse. I think they are there because they, too, want to escape. That's Uh-oh. what they were like, all like being cagey about. Like Geraldine has no home; she's not one of us, except oh. for Vision, who is like some kind of thing she made up. Wanda, he's not real. Wow, it's Wanda's I, home I, for imaginary friends. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it, real, it's yeah. more like Wanda's a uh, playground to invite all the other traumatized yeah. folk over who don't want to yeah. deal with their reality anymore. Come on over here and like yeah. live in this weird reality bubble with me. <laughs> That's my That's, current theory. I really like that. And it's it's funny because when they said that it's not a real town, like it just appeared out of nowhere, it's like, okay, well, yeah, then where did these people come from? You know, what were they up to? Were they real? And even, yeah, so you were, it is interesting that when they were doing the whole um, board with like the names and stuff, they were starting mm-hmm. to identify people. Um, and they, they also had like ID cards or something, which was kind of interesting. I think, I think everybody, but Agnes had an ID card. Um, and so, but the other thing was interesting is that when they were announcing each person's real name, they didn't tell us Agnes's real name. So I'm like, what is up with her? Who is she? And what does she do? (laughs) So yeah, that's going to be an interesting mystery to, to figure out. And other, I also have to, you know, give props to Kat Dennings who came back as Darcy after. That was nice, like, right? That was nice. We haven't, yeah, we haven't seen her since I think 2013 when Thor, uh, Dark World came out, which. Those Marvel folk I, have long memories. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, she really deserved this kind of, um, redemption because 
they really did her dirty in those other two movies. Even though she's a fine um, actress. <laughs> those and movies she, she did can, themselves yeah. dirty. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, you know, she gets this redemption. I think she's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder 2. She said or she doesn't she... think she will be. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so maybe it was just this. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, okay, at least she gets some sort of redemption moment. Um, and I was like, same for Natalie Portman when she's in Love mm-hmm. uh, Love and Thunder. They kind of need the the third phase Marvel treatment <laughs> or revamp, <laughs> shall I say. Yeah. Like. That's why I can't really get that mad at Marvel, because, I mean, that's a smart move. Like, bring back a character who's established, but not, like, an, like a huge character. Like, they can fit in somewhere and give the fans that hit of, like, I remember them dopamine, but also yeah. have a character who can be <laughs> useful in the situation. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. That's smart. It's intelligent. It's, it's smart. It's smart thinking. It's good writing. And I liked having her back, too. And um, it, it's why it scares me because they because with that kind of intelligence they can take over the world. And they, I mean they already have basically. Yeah. Um, anything else you're watching, Mia, or anyone else out there? I oh, yeah. like yeah. the note about Warrior Jen. I might check that out. <laughs> yeah. What am I? I've just been trying to catch up on Clone Wars. I'm like slowly but surely, <laughs> yes, I will catch up so. to that. And then there's you know like Rebels <laughs> and Resistance and. Um, but it's, it's really well. It's, it, right it is so well made. So uh, I can't be mad at it. Um, but there are well, times like, when there. I was just gonna say there are times when there's filler episodes. Like there's one with like Jar Jar Binks and he's like acting a fool. And I'm like, I know this is fun for the kids. I just want to get to like the the real plot of the season. I was gonna ask. Like we we're talking about adult animation. Do you consider that adult animation or something? No, by and far no. <laughs> no um, okay. It's it does have the quality of a kids show like coming on Cartoon Network or something or whatever you know it aired on minus like some really like sometimes it really does get real in the Clone Wars and I'm like oh okay but you know as a kid it just you know it would go over your head but as an adult I think that's something that Dave Filoni does is he still makes it enjoyable for you to watch sure. uh, but yeah but when they bring in you know like Jar Jar is an oof for 30 minutes and I'm kind of like all right <laughs> <laughs> Before we sign off, uh, th- there was a bunch of news this week that w- w- it's not all important to talk about. I do want to go through a really quick, just short list of things that are important yeah, yeah. that I wanted to mention. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 continues to smash it on HBO Max. It did really well, which yeah. basically tells me they made the right move. They're going to keep doing it. Sorry to Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Um, <laughs> Cloris Leachman died at 94. I was upset to hear that. I mean, you're a Mel Brooks fan, right? I, th- I do I like said, him, yeah. yeah. So you remember uh, her from Young Frankenstein stuff? Oh, my God. Right. That's so right. Yeah. Frau Blucher. Oh, wow. Yeah, that hurts. But yeah, 94, great. again, is a very old age to live. So Oh, yeah. Her. That's a rich life. <laughs> um, Cecily Tyson, um, too, was like 90 Cecily Tyson, yeah. She just passed. Um, so, yeah, I was like, man, if I ever get to live that long. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of age where, like, they die, and obviously you're sad, but you can't, it's like a, more of like a celebratory tone, almost, of looking yeah. how cool oh, they yeah. were, not like, they were taken too soon. Like, yeah. no, they, they they weren't, but they lived longer lives. Um, Netflix's Shadow and Bone show's coming up, they released photos for that. I think we'll probably cover that when it comes out, I'll try. Have you heard of that at all? That was like a... I think we a talked about a YA series a b- little bit ago that blew yeah. up kind of in between um, 
the Twilight era and now. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and they released the cast list or some of it for the Sandman on Netflix, which I'm looking forward to a lot because I love that um, new game and comic book with Gwendolyn Christie and Charles Dance, who played Tywin Lannister, in it too. Love Game of Thrones actors in uh-huh. it. Just getting them all back together. So <laughs> that'll be great. And I'm sure we'll cover some of that when it comes out. And anything else you guys want us to cover, let us know what you're interested. Oh, hi- yes, Christian, high anxiety. She was so good in that. Oh. Like as the... <laughs> Psychi- like the psychiatry, sort of like Nurse Ratchety uh, nurse on the oh, on the psych ward. I haven't seen that so one. so good. <laughs> it's good. She's the best part of that particular one. I love that one. Anyway, thanks for watching us, guys. We're we'll here every Wednesday at four p.m. Central Standard Time, talking about uh, fantasy, sci-fi, movies, TV, books. Occasionally, you never know. And we'll be back with more uh, next week. See you then, and thanks for watching. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.